would you Make- whisper it like it's taboo? But then I remember, I'm a horse. Hello, and welcome to Bibble Babes, your podcast for analyzing the Barbie cinematic universe. I'm Gabby. And I'm Catherine. And we're your Bibble Babes. On today's episode, we're moving on to Barbie and the Magic of the Pegasus, where we will finally be discussing the BCU's very first horse girl movie. Barbie and the Magic of the Pegasus was released direct to video in 2005. It is the BCU's second entirely original movie, and its first and last movie to be in 3D. I had it. It came with glasses and everything. And if that doesn't say 2005, I don't know what does. It stars the voice talent of Kelly Sheridan, once again, as Princess Annika, and Brie Larson. Yep, that Brie Larson, who you might know as Captain Marvel. She sings a credit song called Hope Has Wings. And so help me if I ever meet Brie Larson at a Comic-Con or something, I'm having her sign a DVD copy of Magic of the Pegasus. It has to be yes, done. Yes, if I ever meet her, it's happening. So, a little summary here of the plot on... Is it Annika? It's Annika. Annika? 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 Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker <laughs> and the magic of the Pegasus. On Annika's 16th birthday, she sneaks out of the castle to go ice skating, where she meets a very clumsy polar bear named Shiver. When she returns, her parents are furious and forbid her from ever going ice skating again. Controversial opinion, but Shiver is not as bad as the BCU fandom makes her out to be. She may be stupid, and she may cause all the issues in this movie, but she's kind of cute, and she's not the most annoying of the critter sidekicks. And I mean, she's consistently stupid, I think, which, I mean, she, like, acts like a little, like, furry critter that doesn't have a lot of critical thought processes happening there. Like, she just acts like a furry critter who likes shiny things, and she consistently does that. behind those eyes. There's yeah. There's, a singular brain there's cell. nothing behind those eyes. Around, like, she has a singular brain cell just bouncing around until it hits a corner of the screen. Literally. And so, like, I don't, I don't even mind it. Like, I do kind of remember not liking it when I was little because I was like, oh my god, she's like always getting them into trouble. Except she really doesn't. Like, it happens on occasion, but it's not frequent. And yeah, she's characterized consistently. So, consider me. A converted, almost shiver stan, like <laughs> shiver stands, but shiver will never be bibble. He will ne- shiver will never be bibble. There, there can be nothing that comes close to bibble. We should rank at some point our Barbie companions from like the hot garbage of Tika from the Island Princess to bibble. So anyway, her parents are absolutely furious, and Annika thinks they're stupid. So she sneaks out again that night to go to the ice skating festival. However, while she's skating, the evil warlock Wenlock flies in on his griffin and demands she marry him? Which so out of left field. And why does he have a griffin? But okay. So Annika, being, you know, 16 and having literally never met this man, refuses and the king and the queen burst into the festival to confront Renlock and tell him to get lost. But Wenlock laughs at them and cryptically reminds them of the fate of the other daughter before turning the whole village into stone with his magic. So there are a couple important things that we need to hit on in like this, what, first five minutes of the film. One... I guess the re- like it's 
a kingdom that is presumably pretty far north geographically because ice skating seems to be like the hobby of choice and it is cold i mean she stumbles upon a polar bear like that is just it is cold there so that kind of is why she is so into ice skating and that there just happens to be an ice skating festival thing that's just that is life in that kingdom they chose ice skating as like a central theme because they thought yeah ice skating toys will be so cool well that and ballet was probably getting a little overdone just one right after the other after the other after the other at that point so they're like you know we're telling an original story it can't be ballet instead it's going to be ballet on ice yes ballet on ice (laughs) and two they literally just changed two letters from warlock to wenlock they really were like creativity no wenlock nah wenlock the warlock little weasel man i hate him yeah the way he's like just approaches a 16 year old and is like i want you to marry me it is never explicitly said how old he is but he looks old, and then you find out later in the film that he's been just randomly getting a bunch of ladies to marry him or, you know, cursing them for refusing or something like that. And it's been happening for years. So he is at least in his 30s, based on what yeah. we know about all of his crazy... Pro- so he is a full-on pedo man. Ew. Disgusting. Disgusting. And three, and perhaps most importantly, at the ice festival, you get to see members of this kingdom at skating at the ice and festival. And they all have the same face. <laughs> they are all the same face. I mean, never clocked that when I was little watching this film, and I owned the film on DVD too. But within just four seconds of the ice festival, we turned to each other and we were like, Oh my god, they are all they all have the same face. And most of the face of Prince Nalu. Yeah, it's Nalu's face. So in our last episode, we kind of made reference to there was something really funny about this and the resurgence of Prince Nalu. And it's this. For some reason, like all the villagers, okay, not all of them, but a heavy majority of them just all have Prince Nalu's face design. Copy and paste. For some reason, it's so much more noticeable because it is Prince Nalu's face. Yeah, like if it just been a random like background character face that they just did over and over again, I feel like it'd be less clockable, but it, they literally just copied and pasted Prince Nalu's face. Maybe it was also more noticeable because I'm pretty certain we watched this like right after we watched Fairytopia, so we were just like back-to-back to that, and I guess Nalu was in our minds, but look out for Prince Nalu because he's there frequently. <laughs> so basically... Back to the summary. After, like, Wenlock makes this weird cryptic remark about the other daughter, which, by the way, Annika has no idea about this. She's like, what, 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 what? Yeah, yeah, she's flabbergasted. So she has a sister she just didn't know about. And so Wenlock goes to attack her for refusing to marry him. And Annika and Shiver are whisked away by a pegasus as Wenlock yells after her that she only has three days to accept his proposal or the spell that has been cast upon the basically entire kingdom because it seemed like they were all all there at the festival. So her parents, uh, the villagers, Nalu, they have all been turned to stone. All the Nalus have been turned to stone. 
Um, so yeah, she's got three days to accept the proposal or that becomes permanent. So the Pegasus. Brietta, the Pegasus, is in fact the other daughter, the sister. So Brietta takes her sister, Annika, to the Cloud Kingdom, ruled over by the Cloud Queen, Rayla. Here they are greeted by the Cloud Kids, TM, who paint the sunset every night. Brietta also reveals that she is actually Annika's long-lost sister who was turned into a Pegasus at 16 years old, which was 16 years ago, for refusing to marry Wenlock. And that's how we know Wenlock is a creep, because he did this 16 years ago, and we know it was 16 years ago because Annika has no idea about her other sister, and they like explicitly say it was when she turns... So yeah, because of all of this, we know that he is at least 16 years older than whenever he asked Annika to marry him. Yeah. And so also, yeah, Rita explains that when she was turned into a Pegasus by Wenlock, she didn't actually like get banished or anything. She like hung out at the palace for a bit and then chose to leave. And can you imagine like your kid gets turned into a Pegasus, a talking Pegasus, and you just have to live with that? I feel like I've made reference to this, and I don't remember if I said it in a different podcast episode, but this just really reminds me of that one vine where it's like, sometimes I wish I could play basketball with my friends, but then I remember that I am a horse. I just, I'm I'm in love with the idea of her parents trying to figure out how to deal with having a horse daughter and this daughter trying to deal with how to be a horse. That is the, the prequel we need. Literally, or just like, by the way, Kingdom, the heir to the throne is now a, a horse. horse. So either the queen was already pregnant when her first kid got turned into a horse, or after her kid got turned into a horse, they started trying for another kid. And I feel like the second outcome is much worse. Yeah! <laughs> so either they, like, you know, it just happened, or after, like, Brietta finally dipped because she was like, it was too awkward there being a horse. They were like, well, guess we need another kid. Uh, this movie is really like, you peel back any it's layers weird. and all of a sudden it becomes really weird. This is one of the weirdest. This movie is a fever dream. Oh my gosh. Yes. So in the Cloud Kingdom, they are also told by Rayla that in order to defeat Wenlock, they must make a wand of light. Wands of light are extremely rare as they are made of a measure of courage, a ring of love, and the gem of ice lit by hope's eternal flame. Despite its rarity, Annika, Brietta, and Shiver embark on a quest to find the components and make the wand. Also worth noting, Brietta, like, she thinks it's so full of BS. I I think she's attempted in her 16 years as a horse. (laughs) Um, Why did you whisper it like it's taboo? But then I remember. I'm a horse. And so she's tried to, I think, make it before or find it before, but hasn't been able to in 16 years. And so all of a sudden, this like random sister who I think Brietta like knew existed. So she just like never was like, you know, maybe I should go introduce myself to my sister, even though I'm a horse. I don't know. But yeah, Brietta just does not think this is going to happen. But Annika is like, Listen, it's that or our kingdom is permanently stone and so are our parents and I have to marry a crazy man. So we're finding this freaking wand. Catherine, I think 
your outlook on Brianna is a little negative. Brianna's outlook on the Wand of Light is a little negative. Uh, we should really stop horsing around. Annika, Brietta, and Shiver travel to the Forbidden Forest, where they meet Aiden, the blacksmith. He's just there. Okay, sure. Soon after, Shiver, who kind of sucks sometimes, but like in a lovable way. Yes. A lovable idiot. She falls down a hole and is captured by trolls to be eaten. Annika follows, and the two find themselves in the pot of a troll, about to become his lunch. And this cues the horribly obvious attempts at using 3D technology. Like, it happens throughout the movie, but it, it is really apparent in this scene. Just the hands reaching out and, like, the stew ingredients, like, being thrown at the screen. It's just, it's so bad. Well, I mean, so okay. Funny. It's really apparent when you're not watching it in 3D. But, I mean, it's kind of fun at the same time, too. Like, they were really like, you know what, we're going to film it in 3D, and we're just going to full send it. Let's make it happen. They, they sat down at Mattel, and they were like, 3D is the future. Listen, it's just a piece from its time. You know, you know and... lame, though? I mm -hmm. think the movie only came with a single set of 3D glasses. Like, what if your family tries to watch? They can't. Yeah. I recall losing my pair of 3D glasses, which was really tragical, but I saved the copy from when I went to see Shark Boy and Lava Girl. So I used my Shark Boy and Lava Girl commemorative 3D glasses to watch Barbie Magic of the Pegasus. Well, if I'm remembering correctly, the little blue and little red film that was in those like basically thin cardboard glasses was super like flimsy so i think i broke mine yeah that's fair but i don't know i think i think it's kind of fun like if they try to do it every single movie it would get so old so fast but, but it's, it's just, just this fun. once just this once there's a little, little something something a little something something they were like this is the future it's okay that they were wrong it's okay sometimes you're wrong sometimes you're wrong and you just look back fondly at a relic of forgotten time and they could definitely have been wrong in worse ways. Yes. So Annika outsmarts the troll by essentially saying that she's met bigger, cooler trolls. And the two escape using Annika's hair ribbon, which is exactly Annika's height. Turns out to be the measure of courage they need for the wand. And so like, as she just holds it up to herself and is like, yeah, it's as long as I am. And I've had this forever or whatever. It just turns into this staff, the shaft staff thing of a scepter. And Aiden is still skeptical for some reason, which is, if a piece of ribbon turned into a staff in front of me, I feel like I'd become a little bit less skeptical. But Aiden, he's different, so he's like, so different. Oh, no. And so Annika has to agree to pay this man after their quest finishes. And we'll find out why he's so heck-bent on getting paid later. Up next, the team decides to go hunt down the gem of ice, lit by Hope's eternal flame. Aiden conveniently knows a gem dealer who lives in the middle of the deep, dark woods. So Aiden leads them to his gem dealer, a shady guy who lives in the woods. I already said that. He's just a shady guy. And hopes that he will know the way to the gem. They try to get it, get like a map, 
doesn't work until Annika trades her skates for a map. And then they set out to find the gem. Aiden really out here being like, I know a guy. I know a guy. I know a dude. It should be fair, though. A guy with a gambling problem, it kind of makes sense that he knows who's like essentially this pawn shop type dude. Yeah. We haven't revealed that yet, Catherine. Oops. I'm out here just spoiling things left and right with my anecdotes. Like that Pegasus, by the way, it's her sister. That Aiden guy, by the way, has a gambling addiction. He has a gambling addiction. Whose idea was that to put it in a kid's movie? They're like, what shall his deep, dark backstory be? I mean, honestly, at least he had a backstory, though. Like, is he the first guy to have a backstory in in the BCU? The Nutcracker had a backstory, and the dude from Rapunzel sort of had, like, something sort of like a backstory. I don't know, this one just feels more fleshed out. This one's more fleshed out than any of the others, but I think the other guys had backstories, too. The group here, uh, after obtaining the map, they hike up an icy mountain and eventually reach a cavern filled with gems. Like, there's, like, stacks upon stacks in these bad boys, and they all look the same. Yeah. Um, so, however, Great. it's a little, like, wild. In- there's, like, an inscription, I think, either... I think it's yeah. before the cat. Like, they actually get down to the bottom bit with the cavern where all the gems are, where it's, like, basically, you know, you can't take any of this out of greed. Only take what you need or something like that. That rhymed. Slay. And so, so yeah, there's a little ins- inscription that says that. And Annika, because she wants to save her kingdom takes one for the wand and Aiden manages to take one as well although he won't tell her why he's taking it um and then the thing like the room with all the gems kind of begins to collapse and she's like oh my god you greedy little poo head but it turns out Shiver is actually the greedy little poo head because she likes shiny things and so she tried to take one and she didn't want it for any other reason other than it was shiny so um that is what actually caused the cavern to start collapsing in true Indiana Jones fashion but Aiden was not actually removing one of greed. So they kind of trick you to being like, oh my god, he messed this up. But no, it was Shiver. Shiver likes shiny things. So the group manages to escape and camp for the night in a cave where Aiden begins to forge the wand with his mad awesome blacksmith skills. Aiden reveals that he took a gem in order to pay off his debts because it turns out he took money from his parents and then squandered it all with his gambling addiction and is too ashamed to return home until he has the money back. Bro really said, and I've known you for two days, you're going to get my life story now. You know, when you escape from a crumbling mountain cavern filled with magic gems with your horse sister, you know, it just changes things. We love an emotionally vulnerable man. Yes. As they begin attempting to forge this, I think Aiden was going to use a ring of his own as the ring of love, but Brietta then offers her tiara as the ring of love to Annika, and they add it to the wand of light, which finishes it. There's like a whole blacksmithing little sequence there. He he puts in the work. Anyway, so with the wand now finished, Annika transforms Brietta back into her human form. So for the first time in 16 years, she is no longer a horse. This is the horse girl movie. This is it. It is the horse girl movie. 
but the timing is really bad and stupid because they kind of need to fly to get off of the mountain. Yeah, but they luckily, were. I mean, okay, I do understand. You know, you all of a sudden this wand that you've been trying to get for sixteen years, so that you can no longer, ha- like, are you're no longer forced to be a horse is now in front of you and they need to make sure it works. So they're like, I know something we can try to reverse. Let's do it. Like I get how they just immediately went for it. But then like 10 seconds later, they're like, oh man, like she flew us here. How are we getting yeah, out? Like, I need a wing. Anyway. Oh, she waited 16 luckily. years. Well, it was 10 What's minutes. 10 more minutes. Um, Dang it. Dang it, Brietta. Stop horsing around. <laughs> Luckily, though, Brietta has a bell around her neck from the Cloud Kingdom that they are able to ring to summon Pegasi from the Cloud Kingdom to ride them out of the mountain. But as they leave, Wenlock pursues them and hurts Brietta. Evil. Yeah, he's he's a bad man. I also think this was personal. In a way, a lot of the Barbie villains aren't. Like, they're just trying for, like, domination of the world or something like that. Or they have vendettas against random people that aren't revealed until much later looking at you rapunzel this type of villainry felt very personal because he wasn't trying to you know take over the world he was just he's taking away their like free will by forcing them to marry him it's it's gross he's a yeah he's a gross creepy man so obviously angered that after turning her sister into a horse for 16 years to the point that Annika had never met her before and all this crazy stuff, and then he hurts her after she finally is a human again, she tries to use the Wand of Light to destroy Wenlock. But the magic doesn't work, and it's <gasps> later revealed that that wand can only cast magic when the spells are cast out of love rather than hate. So you can't be like magic wand destroy wenlock because the wand is like nabra this is light magic here so desperate and seemingly out of options annika agrees to marry wenlock so long as he frees the kingdom from his curse wenlock just sneers at her and says she's hateful just like his other wives because by the way he has three other wives so he won't marry her and he kind of is just like well you just tried to destroy me so why would i marry you which Makes sense, but also, like, bro has not made sense for the rest of the film. So I'm like, why? Okay, what? whatever. But yeah, so he has three wives, and they all are, like, designed as little trolls. And they have to, like, wait on his every move. Like, they periodically in the film cuts to this. Wait on his, like, every whim. And he is always talking about, like, the next person he's going to try to marry or something around them. And they just, they are down in the dumps emotionally they just they're depressed like they're full-on depressed not good so yeah Wenlock leaves Annika with her hurt sister and causes an avalanche that she and her sister get buried under luckily Aiden hasn't gone far away and manages to dig Annika out and together Aiden and Brietta manage to take the unconscious Annika to the cloud kingdom after Annika awakens, the team decide to storm Wenlock's lair in hopes of defeating him, but they only have until sunset because it is the third day. The Cloud Kids, TM, agree to slow the sunset as long as possible to let them have as much time as they can. It kind of bugs me that they never give the, the Cloud Kids a name, so I've just been calling them the Cloud Kids. Yeah, they also they seem to be, like, they also seem to be literally the only 
people in the Cloud Kingdom. Like, it's the Queen Rayla and these three kids and some horses. Yeah. Rayla's the original horse girl. She is. She really said, I will live in my Cloud Kingdom with my ponies. And three random children. Who paint the sunset every night and the sunrise every morning. They're all, okay. They almost kind of like function sure. like nymphs, but they never really call them nymphs. But anyway, whatever, whatever. Anyway, uh, the cloud kids. So the team arrives outside the lair and Annika, Aiden, and Shiver skate through the obstacle course to get there while Brietta guards their pegasi. This actually, if, if I'm recalling correctly, is this really cute sequence where, I mean, we know Annika loves to skate. But apparently Aiden also knows how to skate and like the whole sequence of them getting through this like ice obstacle course is them kind of like showing off to one another. Like they kind of have this rapport now that they've been doing all of this adventuring together. Like you really kind of do get to see them befriend each other and get feelings for one another. It's, it's kind of cute. It is cute. Um, But soon after they arrive, Annika searches for the wand to because... uh. Wenlock stole the Wand of Light, so she has to go get it back in his, like, little piles of loot or whatever. Um, and then Aiden has to fight Wenlock's griffin, who discovers that they're there. In the scuffle, the gem is shattered, but thankfully Aiden gives Annika his, and she fixes the wand. Annika now realizes that the wand can only be used with the power of love, so she wishes to defeat Wenlock for the love of her friends and family. Wenlock's spells are broken, freeing the kingdom and his sister wives. And he reverts back to his incel self. He's basically this dude that had to blackmail ladies into marrying him. And instead of, like, improving himself to do that, he made himself out to be this idealized version of a powerful guy. Like, who he thought he ought to be. Yeah. So when all the spells drop... It's, like, revealed that he's also cast spells on himself to make, like, he almost, the version that we've seen of him throughout the movie is, like, someone who makes, like, the online version of themselves in some, like, online role-player game where he just, like, this is how he pictures himself. But then his, like, spells are broken and he's just this, like, grubby, like, old man. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gross. He's icky. Yeah. And I don't know, are the wives actually sisters? They're his multiple wives. They're not actually sisters. But they're actually beautiful, like, princesses-looking ladies. Like, he made them look like trolls. Yes, he did. Just weird. Now that they've been freed, they start bossing him around. It was really funny. As they deserve. But Annika and Brietta get to return home and reunite with their parents. Which, by the way, throughout the film, Brietta just hasn't. Like, she swooped in in the beginning to save and, like, carry away Annika. But... Either the parents were already stoned at that point, or she was literally still a horse. So this is her first time reuniting with her parents in 16 years as not a horse. It's also unclear if she has, like, physically aged. You know, like, is she a 32-year-old woman in the body of a 16-year-old who just spent this past 16 years as a horse? Or is she... A 32-year-old woman who hasn't been in a human body since she was 16 is is now suddenly 32. Either option is kind of terrifying if you think about it. Literally, though. That's terrifying. Can you imagine? 
Yeah, both options are kind of horrible for her. It could probably be better if she was in the body of a 16-year-old, then she at least gets to, you know, live those physical 16 years from 16 to 32. And so, like, I think it would be better if she was frozen in time, because even if she was, like, mentally aging a little bit, it probably wasn't much, because her only other source of interaction was literally three children and the Sky Cloud Queen lady. So it's not like she had some interaction to really develop any sort of way like that, but... She did have those 16 years, but, like, as a horse, I don't know how to feel, bro. I don't know what's worse. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like coming back as 16 is probably the better option, but both are bad. Both are horrible. Like, she is she is going to need all kinds of therapy. She is yes. probably so thoroughly traumatized. Yeah. It's time to write the Rosencrantz and Guildenstein of, of Magic of the Pegasus, where we just talk about what happened with Brietta while... During the rest of the plot. <laughs> Fun story. As we tie up the film, after this, you know, really heartwarming, I mean, God, they haven't seen their daughter in 16 years. Reunion, the, the because they're a royal family, they're loaded. So they pay Aiden and he is able to pay off his debts and return to his family as well. Solid. Great. We love the reuniting. And the end scene of the film shows the squad visiting the Cloud Palace, which is really sweet. They're invited back. I kind of thought yeah. the... The Cloud Queen was going to be like, you're no longer horses. You don't get to come here. But they visit the Cloud Palace and Aiden and Annika are shown dancing a little ice skating duet together on a rink in the sky. It's cute. It's fun. I want to go ice skating in the sky. I want to go ice skating just in general. I've never been. I feel like it'd be fun. There really isn't like, I guess there is a main dress, sort of. It's the purple one. But that's like the, she like magically gets that purple dress as she undoes all the spells that Wenlock has done. Yeah. She doesn't ask for the dress. The wand just gives it to her. And I respect yeah. the wand for it. And I guess it is like the dress of the movie, but it's, she it's what the Barbie it. came in, I can attest. Yes. Where would you rank the dress? Ooh. I kind of like it. Like, I remember seeing it on the Barbie that I had. And I'm pretty certain, like, this is, I don't know if I'm just making this up, but I, I could have sworn the magic of the Pegasus Barbie. I also had the Pegasus, by the way. <laughs> Not to flex, but anyway. She had that little, like, white gown. And I could have sworn the Barbie, there was, like, little snaps. And you could pull the snaps and the white gown would turn into the purple one. Ooh, that's fun. I think. I Maybe I made that up. I don't really remember. But... It was really cute. I like how it ends up like a shorter dress so that it's like a little ice skating outfit for her. I don't know. It's definitely not as high as like Swan Lake. And there are other dresses that I think I like more. But all things considered, it's different enough to distinguish itself from other dresses in the BCU. And it is genuinely pretty. A solid, a solid six and a half. Yeah, I'd say six. That's fair. And where would you rank this movie? This movie doesn't really have a moral, does it? Don't be greedy like Shiver. <laughs> I guess that's it. I feel like the others all have like messages, and this one's just like. Don't be a pedophile like Wenlock. Yeah. <laughs> this one's just supposed to be fun, I guess. There isn't really an overarching message here, unless it's. Yeah. I mean, if I really wanted to be crazy, I could sit down and unpack like. Even though Wenlock is literally a horrible person who's exploited 
and harmed so many people and, you know, basically enslaved three women. There is something to be said about how the wand of light refuses to destroy him, I think. There's a little bit, I mean, it's not at all really threaded throughout the film or anything like that. But I think there is maybe an interesting little morsel, a little little something-something of interesting moral commentary about how when you're doing good things, good things aren't hurting bad people. Or something like that. Like, I don't know. There was a little, there was a little nugget there. Of maybe, I mean, people may disagree with that statement, but. There's like a little sort of thing with how the wand works where it's like love is more powerful than hate. I think that would be a message, but it's not like front and center. Yeah, it just kind of like shows up at like the last quarter of the film. Yeah, it's there, but it's not front and center like some of the other messages in the other films. And the love being more powerful than hate is kind of a bare bones of a moral lesson there. Where do you rank this movie? I give it like a five. It's really, it's weird. Not in like the fun weird way that Fairytopia was, but in a way that it's like, it's still its own unique plot thing. It's interesting. It's fun to sit down and watch. But it's not like great. Yeah. It's just like an. I would say that to me, this is my idea of like an average BCU film. Like kind of weird, good, fun to watch. Now there are excellent BCU films, and there are doggy poo ones. But this is, I think, would me would be this average of just a little weird, a little fun, nothing groundbreaking. Yeah, I would do a five as well. I would say it's pretty mid. It's 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 good and it's okay. It's not the best. It's not the worst. It's just average. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, now that end credit song, <laughs> that's another story. That's that's pretty fire. It hits. It's not. It's definitely not the best because I will die on the hill of like Shine from Twelve Dance. I will die on all the Twelve Dancing Princesses hills, but <laughs> Shine from that, mm, delicious. Also, delicious. you can tell she's a princess even though that's intro to. <laughs> that one smacks and so i brie did a good job hope i see her at a comic-con someday i will i will pay the 40 bucks or whatever to go get that autograph on a copy of magic of the pegasus (laughs) all right you want to close this out cat sure thing this has been your bibble babes discussing the good the bad and the barbie join us next time when we tackle possibly the most cringe barbie movie ever made the Barbie Diaries. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram account at the Bibble Babes for the latest on all things Bibble Babes. Our Instagram is the place to learn about special episode announcements, suggest content of your very own, or present some hot takes to the Bibble Babes and interact with all things Barbie. We post a new episode every other Friday. If you're new here, be sure to like and subscribe. And as always, spread kindness like glitter.